this is the old show feed for the LGBTQ podcast that gives you news and views from a non-straight perspective. We took the eight out of the name, so the podcast was renamed Not Straightcast, all spelled out as of episode 32. The last episode on this old feed is episode 35. Episode 36 and beyond are now located on the new feed. All the links are located on our website, notstraightcast.com, where you can search for Not Straightcast in your favorite podcast app. Also, visit notstraightworld.com for links to all of our websites. Want to support Not Straightcast? Visit the notstraightcast.com slash store where you can get a Not Straightcast t-shirt, hat, bag, coffee mug, and much, much more. Along with getting some snazzy merchandise, your purchase in the notstraightcast.com forward slash store also helps support the show. Once again, that's notstraightcast.com forward slash store. La, 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 brown cow. The human torch was denied a bank loan. The arsonist has oddly shaped feet. This is not straight cocker. Cry knack, crinock, bully, bayleaf. Hey there, uh, deep throat. Hey, Joe, how are you? I'm good. Um, Unfortunately, I have some bad news for you. Oh, what's that? Well, as it turns out, we're changing the theme music here uh, beginning this episode, so unfortunately, we have to let you go. Damn it. Why are you firing me? Well, yeah, your inflection is a little weird first off, but nonetheless, um, you know, things change. The intro is changing, so we really don't need your services anymore for that. Go to hell, both you and Jason. Well, hold on a second. Um, I mean, we were thinking of keeping you on for the moment of conclusion. We like your voice there. Well, as far as I'm concerned... This is now my moment of conclusion. Goodbye, and go to hell, both you and Jason. podcast that gives you news and news from an on-street perspective. This is On-Street Cast 16 for June 24th, 2021. Welcome to On-Street Cast. I'm Joe Krynock. And I'm Joe Krynock, or Jason Bailey. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so Jason, uh, how you doing today? Not too bad. How you doing, Joe? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So, uh, yeah, I guess uh, we're getting over our sunburns now, thankfully. Uh, l- yeah, a little bit. I'm still, I'm itchy. You're itchy? Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm in the peeling phase still. Oh, man. Well, yeah, anyways, yeah, we could talk about this all day, but we won't. And everybody would be grossed out about it. Yeah, you know. But, hey, if you need some Parmesan, cheese, oh, spaghetti, no, stop, let us know. Stop. Nope. <laughs> oh so uh anyways um yeah something interesting happened this week here um we have a local paper here in town that's alternative news weekly called the pittsburgh city paper Mm -hmm. and right now they're doing their best of pittsburgh 2021 and um they have all kinds of different categories and one of the categories in there is best podcast i was just looking through the you know nominees and 
you know, voting for people in there. And it looks like we're actually in the nominee list. At least somebody else nominated us because they nominated us as notstraightcast.com, which is that's, fine. That's awesome. You know? Yeah. They'll still know where to find us. But, um, yeah, so, you know, I guess we should say here, yeah, if you want to go ahead there and uh, vote to get us actually into the actual voting list there. So basically, the way it works is that the nominations take place between uh, June 9th and July 9th. So we still have a little more time here to go ahead and get the nominations in. Okay. And then I guess they take the top nominees and they put them into the list there. I'm not sure exactly how many they put in there, but you'll have between um, August 1st and then September 29th is when the issue comes out. They don't say actually when it actually ends. But uh, in that case, sir, yeah, we're on the list there. So, you know, hey, go in there and vote for us. Yeah, that's awesome. And what we can do uh, is we can pop something up on our website with a link to it and uh, pop it in our Facebook, Twitter. Uh, it's actually in our Facebook already. Um, we'll put something on the website there. Fantastic. Yeah. So um, I had a weird dream <laughs> the other day there. Do I want to know? Well, it involves you and I. It's it's a simple dream. <laughs> okay. But, you know, this whole entire David Stanton saga stuff there. Yeah. Must be on my mind, in the back of my mind now. Because, as you know, you know, the FBI visited him and everything. Well, you know how the FBI will go and talk to people? Yeah. You know. So I think you and I, this is like in the dream, you and I were going out and getting ice cream. Okay. Which is weird because we've never done that before. And then, like, we would go into to these little huts or cabanas or whatever they're called and eat our ice cream. And I opened the door to the the cabana, and standing there is Alec Baldwin, and he's an FBI agent. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I've been expecting to see you. I know exactly what this is about, you know, the whole entire David Stanton saga. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because Jason's here, too. <laughs> but then the dream ended. I have no idea what happened after that. We all sat around and talked shit on David Stanton and ate ice cream. I guess you're right. Yeah. (laughs) But, but, but I feel, I feel weird that the FBI agent was Alec Baldwin. Yeah. That's the strangest part of that whole entire dream, you know, and it just made complete sense in the dream. It's because we haven't been seeing him on Saturday night live as much. So we miss him. Exactly. So (laughs) I actually, I just thought I'd share that. Yeah. I have, a, I have a quick story uh, that, that you and I didn't talk about okay. before. Yeah, tell me this. So I called uh, my stepfather on Father's Day, and uh, he was the manager of a bar. Okay. And I asked him, you know, how everything with the bar was going. He said that there was an incident and that he had been let go. Oh. Yeah. I... So then, of course, I call my gay uncle because uh-huh. we, we dish about everything. Yeah. And I was like, what happened up at the bar? He goes, well, one of the customers was getting aggressive and got into a fight with, with your stepdad. And your stepdad threatened to slash his tires. Oh. <laughs> uh, and so he ended up getting let go. So I had ordered uh, my stepdad a father's day gift on amazon but i couldn't get it shipped there fast enough so it's actually Mm -hmm. scheduled to arrive today oh okay guess what the gift is a knife a knife oh man (laughs) oh man he's gonna think that i knew about this before he told me 
and that this, you know, but no, it was, it was pure coincidence. Well, I mean, that's one of those cases where you could not have planned that, you know? I know, right? Oh my God. Wow. Oh, but yeah. So I'm just, I'm just kind of waiting to see uh, when he gets that, to see what his response is going to be. Either he's going to say, this is a really good gift. You know, I like knives. Mm -hmm. Or he's going to say, you heard about what happened up at the bar before I told you, and this is a joke. Well, I'd be like, you know what? This was ordered before you told me the story. So it was just a matter of coincidence, you know, as opposed to uh, being something I premeditated there to. Yeah, complete accident. I could have gotten him. I looked at so many other things. I was going to get him some really good hot sauce. I was going to get him some really good beef jerky, like Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, this is a really nice multi-tool knife. I'm going to get this for him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> like normally that'd be a nice gift, but you know, in this kind of case here, it's kind of like, oh, wait a yeah. second. You know, uh, like, stop that shit, man. <laughs> want to replace it with fruit bars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> or a plunger. I guess you would need one, huh? Oh, yeah. You know, uh, I don't want to get, to get too into this because it's gross, but the like we keep getting storms yeah mm-hmm. uh, and it's been raining like extremely heavily like over and over and over and over again now my basement's like backed up and flooded i uh, but uh well it was the plumber came this morning while i was asleep and it looks fa- fine down there now that's good yeah there's a lot of jokes we can make about that too like your basement's flooded you know <laughs> yeah absolutely uh-huh. <laughs> that's uh, the joke right <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah absolutely but uh Anyways, uh, yeah, we also have our Amazon.com gift card giveaway, the $50 one, still going on until the end of this month here. Uh, it goes on right until the end of the month, and then we'll draw the winner. And uh, we'll notify you by email. So um, you can find all the details on our website under the link there for that. And I think we are ready to do some news, aren't we? I think so, yeah. Here we go. A man who ran over two members of his chorus group with a pickup truck at the Stonewall Pride Parade in Wilton Manors, Florida on Saturday has been identified as Fred Johnson Jr., age 77, of Oakland Park, Florida. Johnson released a statement saying it was a horrible accident. James Fay, 75, of Fort Lauderdale, was killed, and Jerry Vrogue, 67, of Fort Lauderdale, was injured in what investigators also believe was a terrible accident. Vrogue was released from Broward Health Medical Center on Monday. All three were members of the Fort Lauderdale Gay Men's Chorus. Shortly after being identified as the driver by Fort Lauderdale police, Johnson released a statement saying, this was a horrible accident and I offer my sincere regrets to all those who were impacted by this tragic event. I love my chorus family and the community and would never do anything to intentionally harm anyone. Please know that I hold my fellow chorus member, Jim Fay in my heart forever and offer my condolences to his friends and family. Fort Lauderdale police said Sunday that Johnson had ailments that prevented him from walking in the parade, so he was selected to drive the lead vehicle. Police said the white pickup truck accelerated unexpectedly as it moved forward in anticipation of the start of the parade, striking Fay and Vrogue. It narrowly missed colliding with a convertible that had a U.S. state representative, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, inside. 
That led many to say they believed it looked like an intentional attack, including Fort Lauderdale Mayor Dean Trantalis, who witnessed the crash and initially called it a terrorist attack. Trantalis has since said that he regrets calling it that. Johnson was quickly detained after the pickup truck crashed through a nearby garden center. Detectives said a DUI test was conducted and that he showed no signs of impairment. Johnson has been cooperating with investigators, police said. Wow. So, yeah. 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 That's tough. I mean, you know, it's one of those cases where, you know, you have an accident like that and you end up killing somebody, you know. Right. And apparently that was their first pride parade, apparently, from what I understand. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, So to have that happen at the first pride parade, it's kind of, you know, tough. Yeah, it is. Well, I mean, this story is basically about a guy who hit the gas, uh, the gas pedal a little too hard by accident. Uh, But the the scary thing about it was that everybody thought initially that this was an intentional attack on a on a U.S. representative. Yeah, they were Uh, quick to jump to conclusions there and be like, oh. You know, yeah, this so was obvious, this was obvious terror attack, but it wasn't right. Right. Was so everybody accident. started freaking out. Uh, yeah. And then they realized it was just uh, an old man uh, who uh, had a bad driving day. Well, he couldn't walk. Yeah. And apparently he couldn't drive either, unfortunately. So, yeah, yeah. it might, might be. T- I, I hate to make fun of this situation, but it might be time to take Pap's license. Like, imagine if you did something like that. OK. And you're part of that choir. Yeah, I would not be able to show my face at the choir ever again. Oh yeah, no, no, I would, I would, I would move, I would leave and go to a new town. Yeah, I mean, this is completely unfortunate. I mean, it's yeah, absolutely awful. Absolutely, oh, man. Well, speaking of pride, yeah, uh, New York's famous Stonewall Inn won't serve beers manufactured by Anheuser Busch in protest against the company's donations to anti-LGBT politicians. Stacy Lentz and Kurt Kelly, who together own the Stonewall Inn, will implement the ban on Friday, June 25th, as part of the Keep Your Pride campaign, which draws attention to five companies that claim to support LGBT plus community during Pride Month, but have actually made donations to anti-LGBT lawmakers. The campaign was launched by Corporate Accountability Action, which found that Anheuser-Busch donated more than $35,000 to 29 legislators that backed anti-LGBT plus bills between 2015 and 2020, according to the Associated Press. Lentz and Kelly will pour some of the company's beers, which include Stella Artois and Bud Light, down the drain in a symbolic act of protest on June 23rd. Stonewall Inn urges Anheuser-Busch to stop fueling hate. We just felt Stonewall having the platform, the power to do this, it was important to stand up, Lentz said. You can't turn your logo rainbow on social media, call yourself an ally, and then turn around and make donations that fuel hate. Anheuser-Busch issued a statement in response to the Stonewall Inn's protest, saying that the company supports candidates who policy decisions and objectives support investments in our communities, job creation, and industry growth. The company added, together with our brands, we have a clear role to play in bringing real change and creating an inclusive and equitable world where we cherish and celebrate one another. The United States is currently in the midst of a legislative boom of bills that specifically target the LGBT plus community. More than 250 anti-LGBT plus bills have been introduced in state legislatures so far this year, while 18 have been signed into law. 
Those laws include bans on health care for trans youth and bills that prohibit trans girls and women from participating in sports. Yeah, we've talked about a bunch of those in earlier episodes of our podcast. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's just one of those cases where, you know, we, we've talked about this before, where it's kind of these companies, like, they talk the talk, but they can't walk the walk, you know? Kind of situation there. It's kind of like, you know, it's yeah. Like, yeah, we're going to support you because we think we can make money off of you. But when it comes down to business, we're going to support, you know, the folks here who, you know, are rallying against you on the other end. And it's just right. completely, utterly frustrating, you know, where it's kind of like, you know what, if you actually want to put yourself out there and say, hey, I'm for you guys, then don't do stuff like that on the back end, you know, to completely undermine us. Right. Yeah. Because it's just, you know, it's all show, you know, there and it's just absolutely frustrating. You know, it's like, yeah, you can color your logo you know, rainbow, but, you know, actually support us, too, when it comes down to, you know, the nitty gritty there. It's difficult to support a company, even if they change their logo to a pride flag for 30 days, you know, uh, when you know that they're donating money to anti-LGBT causes. You can't do both. You can't support the LGBTQ community by changing your PNG, you know. <laughs> or uh, your GIF. <laughs> yeah, or your GIF. Uh Let's not and, get in that debate again, huh? Yeah. And <laughs> and then also give money to anti-LGBT causes. We could keep going on and on about this, but you get our point now. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah, don't 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 do that, you know, unless you're actually willing to actually go all the way and support the community all the way and not just, you know, from a marketing perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of marketing. Yes. Uh so Laganja Estranja has come out uh this Pride Month as trans. The news was first reported by Entertainment Weekly on Tuesday, shortly after Estranja took to social media. And she says, I know not even that long ago, so many of my trans sisters and brothers did not receive the love and support I'm receiving today and coming out. Uh, she posted that on Twitter and goes on to say, I recognize how privileged I am. And I want to say thank you for all of those who came before me and made it so today could be joyous. Later, Astranja elaborated on Instagram by saying, I feel so empowered that I don't have to hide in the shadows as I make this journey. I'm so proud to identify as trans and to be living my truth. Happy pride. You are beautiful as you are. To EW, Estranja was a little bit more detailed, admitting she had first tried identifying as non-binary. She said, People think that when you're trans, that you've wanted to be a girl your whole life. Yes, that's partly true for me, but it's also true that I've wanted to be male my whole life to fit into what society deems as normal, Estranja told the magazine. But that isn't my truth, and I'm daring to take this on. I tried to be male and be in between and non-binary. The truth is that I'm a feminine entity and I can live this life. Estranja will return to TV this summer as a cast member of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Star 6, which premieres on Thursday, June 24th on Paramount+, Plus, which I believe is the day that this episode's coming out, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Fantastic. So <laughs> instead of setting your DVR, get a Paramount Plus account. Yes. What's interesting is I, I'm glad to see that people 
are feeling more comfortable coming out. And I think that's why you're seeing a large amount of people coming out either as gay or trans or, you know, non-binary. Right. You know, so, you know, and it's kind of like, wow, where did this all come from? Well, it's just more or less, it's becoming more and more accepted. Right. Well, and from, uh, and this is all assumption. I'm not trying to speak for Laganja Estranja. I don't know the Mm -hmm. person, you know, I, but during the time when she was on drag race, the first time, even there, she probably had uh, reservations about coming out as a trans woman because at that time, RuPaul didn't want trans women on Drag Race. Well, wouldn't you have thought that actually would have been a great thing for RuPaul in a sense, you know? Well, yeah. If it, prefer to come out, then RuPaul can be like, hey, look at me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at, at the time, RuPaul wasn't casting trans women uh, and didn't want trans women on, on Drag Race. There was even an interview where RuPaul flat out said that and said, my idea of drag is a man who dresses up as a woman. And it was a big deal at the time. Oh yeah. I remember. Yeah. She got a lot of shit over that, you know? So yeah. So Laganja Estranja. So yeah. Yeah. So Laganja Estranja probably faced pressure even back then Mm -hmm. to not come out, you know? Well, in this case here is somebody who's been out since they've been 18, you know? Yeah. You know, other people coming out much later in life. Oh, well, congratulations. You know, I mean, you haven't <laughs> had to deal with some what some of us had to deal with, you know, and you only get the benefit instead of dealing with the crap that occurred beforehand. So that's Possibly. my view on it. Anyways, <laughs> I have a little bit of a different view. I think it's, it's, still it's the unpopular view. Out. I know. But, you know, yeah, I think it's still difficult to come out. I don't I feel like I'd, I'm not going to. Oh, it's so much easier nowadays, Jason. So uh, much easier. Oh, my God. Uh, it might be easier for a little more accepted in society. Yeah. yeah. A lot more accepted in society. Well, you it depends. It depends on where you live. If you're from Alabama, uh, maybe not. But still, even though it's a little bit easier, but I mean, I'm not saying it's perfect. Okay. And sure. I know people are scared to do it and understandably. So it's so much easier nowadays. You know, there's so many more resources out there. There's a oh, lot yeah, less there, hate. There are know. definitely a lot more resources, but, uh, I'm not going to downplay anybody's coming out story or, or their struggles. Uh, especially talking about the next person here, former yes. vice president and notorious homophobe. Mike Pence has been relentlessly heckled while trying to give a speech to religious conservatives, which I think this is great. I love this story on Friday, June 18th spent Pence Spence. <laughs> That's his gay name. Pence spoke at the Faith and Freedom Coalition in Orlando. That's when he comes out, right? Which uh, describes itself as the nation's premier pro-faith, pro-family event. The Faith and Freedom Coalition is run by Ralph Reed, who is staunchly anti-LGBT. He believes that any presidential candidate who supports same-sex marriage is unacceptable and thinks that trans representation is no filtration, promiscuity, and sin. With his long history of opposing LGBTQ rights, Pence likely thought that he'd be among friends at the coalition's Road to the Majority event. But during his speech, the audience actually tried to boo him off the stage. The heckling was likely related to Pence's ceremonial role in certifying Joe Biden's election victory shortly after Donald Trump incited the storming of the U.S. Capitol in January. During the riots, extremists even chanted the words, Hang Mike Pence. Although Pence tried to suck up the Trump in the speech, claiming that the former president showed what Republicans can accomplish when we stand firm on our conservative principles and don't back down. At least one audience member had to be escorted out by security, and several more repeatedly yelled the words traitor and freedom 
according to the BBC. Pence tried to get the Christian conservatives on his side by setting out a winning agenda to take back a Republican majority in both the Senate and House of Representatives, and by slamming President Biden. He said, it's amazing to think in 2020, Joe Biden actually campaigned as a moderate, and he's governed as one of the most liberal presidents in history. That didn't appear to work, as commenters on the organization's Facebook page after the event continued to call Pence a traitor, with others insisting they didn't even want to look at him. But the Faith and Freedom Coalition actually defended the heckling, writing on social media, this is the America that we're fighting for, one where people have a voice and the freedom to stand for what they believe. We don't always see the eye-eye, but we believe in freedom. I don't know why, but this story kind of makes me like a little bit sick to my stomach that these people are so cult-like that when Donald Trump got slightly mad at Mike Pence, everybody in that cult still today is behaving that way. Oh, it's absolutely crazy as to why people would actually believe Donald Trump, you know, in that whole entire situation there and believe that that actually happened. And the fact that it's still going on like six months later. Yeah, it's it's gross. Yeah. I mean, but uh, it's it's kind of funny how Christians will cannibalize each other in the name of religion, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, in there, you know, this event there, you know, that's not very christian-like behavior as far as i'm concerned <laughs> exactly yeah oh man you'd think they would embrace them with open arms but you know no they're coming with the fists and one thing hey we don't always see the eye eye but we believe in freedom <laughs> i love that last line yeah, yeah so yeah anyways okay so i think we're at the halfway point of this show here so we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna take a break here so coming up next we discuss the biden administration's new announcement the first Trans-Olympian, the destruction of a rainbow crosswalk, and a very confusing moment of conclusion, as Not Straight Cast continues after this. Want to support Not Straight Cast? Visit the notstraightcast.com slash store, where you can get a Not Straight Cast t-shirt, hat, bag, coffee mug, and much, much more. Along with getting some snazzy merchandise, your purchase in the notstraightcast.com forward slash store also helps support the show. Once again, that's notstraightcast.com forward slash store. Welcome back to Not Straight Cast number 16. So, uh, Jason, did you have a good break? I sure did. I took a pee. Yay. You peed again. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I know you were having trouble there before peeing, so things were kind of stopped up, I heard. Oh, <laughs> no, I don't I don't think that's the case. I've never had trouble peeing. I, so, I, I put you on the spot there for a second. No, I'm yeah. Like, like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? No. <laughs> I, uh, so, for those of you listening, during the recording of this episode, I just drink nonstop coffee. So usually about halfway through, it's time to go pee. I'm surprised you have time to talk with the amount of coffee that you drink. Oh yeah. I love my coffee. Yeah, We estimated you go like between like five and 10 cups in that half an hour. In that. Ha- yeah. No, that's not true either. <laughs> yeah. That, well, that's what <laughs> I heard. So, 
Anyways, give me a hard I, I don't time. Know where, I, don't, yeah. I don't know where you're getting your information from, but uh, but let's talk about Joe Biden, yeah, shall we? Let's go ahead and do that. All right. So the Biden, yeah, get that music in there. I was jumped the gun a little bit. No, I, right, I, I didn't Biden. tell you I was going to use it again. So anyways, <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry. The Biden administration has announced that it's beginning the process of providing gender affirmation surgery to trans military veterans which is fantastic compared to, you know, the the other administrations. On Saturday, June 19th, Secretary of Veterans Affairs Dennis McDonough announced the move at a pride event in Orlando, Florida, commemorating the victims of the 2016 mass shooting at the Pulse LGBT Plus Club, in which 49 mostly Latinx queer people were killed. According to the Washington Post, McDonough said the department was committed to overcoming its dark history of discriminating against trans military employees and that the two-year process of starting to provide affirming surgery to trans veterans would begin this summer. He explained this time will allow VA to develop capacity to meet the surgical needs that transgender veterans have called for and deserved for a long time, and I'm proud to begin the process of developing it. The process would be long, he said, because the policy changes need to be made, but McDonough promised that it would be done transparently and in full coordination with Congress. The change marks a vast improvement in the department's attitude towards trans service members and veterans compared to both the Trump and Obama administrations. In 2013, under Obama, the Department of Veterans Affairs issued a directive insisting that it would not provide sex reassignment surgery, despite being responsible for lifelong health care services for veterans. Under Trump, trans people were banned from serving openly in the military altogether, a rule that was overturned by President Biden shortly after his inauguration. Terrence Hayes, spokesperson for the Department of Veterans Affairs, told the Washington Post that the cost of providing gender affirmation surgery to transgender veterans was unknown, but that around 4,000 veterans were expected to take it up. This kind of goes back to what we were saying before in regards there with uh, things becoming easier nowadays. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know? Well, so I'm I'm surprised I... I'm surprised that the Obama administration didn't do more, but I mean, that was, you know, we're starting to get to the point where that was kind of a long time ago. You know, what's kind of funny though, actually, um, I would say back in 2013 is yeah. when I met the first person I knew to be transgender. Okay. You know, it's become much more visible nowadays. You know what I mean, you know, you know, definitely yeah. trans people have had their renaissance here, you know, and things are well, only getting better like... and better for them there to a certain extent. Obviously, we have all those laws that are getting passed that seems to be, you know, trying to tramp them down there. But, you know, obviously it's a case where, you know, things are moving in the right direction for the most part. For the most part, yeah. I feel like they're still in the middle of their battle uh, and that we should be there for them. I feel like, you know, when Ellen came out, mm-hmm. And uh, different celebrities started to come out and we got gay marriage and stuff like that. I feel like that was uh, the the gay rights movement. Uh, and we 
we succeeded in a lot of ways and we got a lot of the things that we want. I, and now the same thing is happening and needs to continue to happen for transgender people. And it's going to be a long road to toe, you know? I mean, yeah, it's like, I still feel like, you know, we're still in the middle of the fight, even in the gay community, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, we got, we got our marriage. We got uh, a lot of the rights and, and uh, freedoms that we wanted. It's become a lot easier for us to be out in public. It's a little bit more accepted. Uh, There's less of a need for gay bars, things like that. And now I feel like we have to stand together with our transgender brothers and sisters uh, and help them with their fight. And speaking of a transgender person making history, New Zealand weightlifter Laurel Hubbard is set to make history as she becomes the first openly trans athlete picked to compete at the Olympic Games. Officials have selected the 43-year-old, one of the top-ranking athletes in her category for the New Zealand women's weightlifting team for Tokyo 2020 after the sport's governing body tweaked its qualification process. She was confirmed Monday, June 21st, alongside five other weightlifters who will compete in the Games this summer, even as organizers run down the clock against the coronavirus. I am grateful and humbled by the kindness and support that has been given to me by so many New Zealanders, Hubbard said in a statement issued by the New Zealand Olympic Committee to the press. When I broke my arm at the Commonwealth Games three years ago, I was advised that my sporting career had likely reached its end. But your support, your encouragement, and your horror or affection carried me through the darkness. Laura Hubbard became eligible to compete at the Olympic level after the International Olympic Committee, the Guardian of the Games, issued guidances in 2015 that trans women can compete if they fulfill certain criteria. Their total testosterone level in the serum must be kept below 10 nanomoles per liter for at least 12 months. The committee was set to deliver the new guidelines last year, but postponed them until after the Games to avoid disrupting the qualifying events. A pathway the Hubbard competing opened earlier this year after the International Weightlifting Federation, the main governing body of the Olympic-level weightlifting, changed key qualification criteria amid the coronavirus pandemic. In decreasing the requirement to attend six competition events to four, Hubbard became all but certain to be nominated and selected to join the New Zealand team. New Zealand Olympic Committee Chief Executive Karen Smith also welcomed Hubbard's confirmation to the team. As well as being among the world's best for her event, Laurel has met the IWF eligibility criteria, including those based on IOC guidelines for transgender athletes, she said in a statement. Olympic weightlifting New Zealand chief Richie Patterson amplified this, saying that Laurel Hubbard has shown grit and perseverance by bouncing back from her career-threatening injury in 2018. He said that we look forward to supporting her in our final preparations towards Tokyo. That's awesome. And, you know, there might be some people who say that Hubbard is not the first transgender athlete to compete in the Olympics because of Caitlyn Jenner. But the point is that Hubbard is the first openly out transgender athlete. Uh, At the time, Caitlyn Jenner had not transitioned. Exactly. Let's talk about a Donald Trump supporter. So a Donald Trump supporter has been arrested after he destroyed a pride themed rainbow crossing by doing burnouts in his truck. And his name is Alexander Jarek, and he is 20, and he has been charged with criminal mischief and reckless driving after he wrecked a rainbow crossing on Monday, June 14th, 
while taking part in a rally for Donald Trump's birthday in, of course, Fort Lauderdale, according to the South Florida Sun Sentinel. Police said there was evidence of prejudice in the case, of course, which means his charges have been enhanced to a felony offense. Jarek reportedly defaced the crossing with skid marks just two days after the celebratory colorful artwork was unveiled. Video footage shared on social media shows a driver deliberately screeching his tires across the crossing, leaving skid marks behind them. A blue all aboard the Trump train flag can be seen flying from the truck. Of course. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. LGBT plus activists are very happy. Donald Trump supporter Alexander Jarek turned himself in. Jarek later turned himself into police after footage of the incident was widely shared on social media. He admitted that those who attended the rally planned their route in advance. Claudia Harrison, a spokesperson for LGBT plus community center compass said she was very happy an arrest was made. I'm happy too. What a dickhead. Yeah. I'm happy an arrest was made. Everybody's happy. We're all happy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I feel like this guy is the epitome of the Trump train people. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of like, I mean, all bow down to our leader and, you know, show him that we love him, you know, by yeah. screeching our tires across the pride flag painted on a street. Well, it's what happens when you give the Trump Kool-Aid to a 20 year old. Right. Yeah. It just it's absolutely, you know, I mean, like, I don't know what he was thinking, like he wasn't going to be caught, you know. I don't know either. Just, I mean, like, did you see the video of that? No, I never watched oh, the video. It was a poor piece of driving as well. I mean, it was kind of like he was just squilling his tires and just kind of going forward, but then it was like drifting off to the side. It was weird looking, <laughs> you know. I was just like, okay, dude, you know, like if you're gonna if if you're gonna screw it up, do some donuts, you know. Yeah. So absolutely. Yeah, it's just yeah, these assholes, you know. <laughs> just need uh, to go away you know but uh yeah yeah so guess what jason it's time for the moment of conclusion it is yes so in the moment of conclusion homophobic massachusetts pastor scott lively has insisted we must eschew the q in lgbtq because it stands for recruits. I think you're doing this to me on purpose, Jason. You gave me the story. I'm not, but this <laughs> is, I'm so for those of you out there listening, I'm the one who put this story in there and it is an incredibly difficult read. So I'm glad that you're doing it. Lively who has for decades made its mission to oppose LGBTQ plus rights and is devoting his weekly world net daily columns to homophobia during pride month has now apparently forgotten how the alphabet works where he claimed in his latest article that the Q in LGBTQ stands for recruits. He declared this week, virtually every clear thinking freedom loving person in the world recognizes that the increasingly universal, increasingly mandatory celebration of same sex attraction disorder is a kind of ideological tyranny. The smartest of them realized it's its ultimate goal to impose groupthink upon humanity and criminalized dissent. Speaking of groupthink, but all the letters in the acronym LGBTQ lively said the Q should be made far the most offensive to MAGA patriots of all stripes. 
The homophobic pastor said that because the Q stands for questioning, although it's commonly understood it stands for queer, actually, means that it designates a category best described as prime candidates for recruitment into the LGBT army. He added, Q effectively stands for recruits, a system in emphasis on attracting new members. If, real quick, for those of you listening, he's spelling it R-E-Q-R-U-I-T-S, recruits. <laughs> yeah, so instead anyway, of the C, there's a Q there, and it's just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right, go ahead. Anyways, Lively said he feared that his fellow homophobes may actually play a part in enlisting people to the LGBT army by writing the letter Q. Oh, God, seriously. He continued to be clear by recruiting. I primarily mean encouraging impressionable young people that experiment with the same-sex conduct with each other. That's the implied and somewhat expressed purpose of adding Q the LGBT when used by advocates of sexual conduct outside monogamous heterosexual marriage. And this is why I advise everyone who cares about the moral, emotional, physical, and spiritual health of young people Never to add Q to LGBT when referencing the coalition of people with the same-sex attraction disorder and or gender identity disorder. To do so enlists you in the recruitment process, whether you intended to or not. This is the most far-fetched, far-reaching thing I have ever read. Oh, yeah. Where do you find this stuff, Jason? I'd love to know. <laughs> this, one was on, this one was on Pink News, I think. Well... <laughs> Yeah, oh it's my just God. absolutely insane. You know, and they're like, oh, you know, group think. But, you know, then we um, throw the magas in there, you know. It's, it's ridiculous, this this Donald Trump cult. It needs to go away or they need to go to their own island. Yes. Q Island. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But um, anyways, yeah, so. I mean, we could go on and on about that story, but, you know, what's the point? You know, these people are idiots, so. Yeah, absolutely. So I think we've come to the end of the show here, Jason. So okay, that's here. fine. I'm that's fine. I'm about out of coffee. Too. Anyways, um, go ahead and subscribe to us. We're all great podcasts are sold. And also check out OnStraightCast.com, which has links to our previous shows, our Facebook and Twitter pages, our Discord server, the not straight dot store that amazon gift card giveaway which we'll be drawing for next week we'll have some blogs news and more thanks for listening to not straight cast if you like our show please leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app and until next time have a not straight one <laughs>